0: Well, we're really thankful to have uh, have our own Ross Graham back in the, the pulpit this morning. Uh, this was the one that was planned. Uh, if you were here a couple weeks ago, that was the unplanned one when I was sick with my uh, family. Uh, but this is the planned one being off last weekend. But, but either way, we're really thankful for our brother's ministry and thankful for God's word. So thank you, Ross. It's always a privilege to stand before God's people and open his word, but I'll try not to overstay my welcome and abuse that privilege, and we'll take a few months off. <laughs> Let's look at the passage of scripture that that we want to be and have before us as we uh, fill our minds Uh, with God's word on this first day of a marked out new year. Hebrews chapter 11, it's a reading that uh, I've put together, Uh, not all the verses, but uh, capturing the, the, um, the flow of what the writer of Hebrews was talking about, about the people of faith. So listen, read with me if you want. But take in God's word from this passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God by faith Sarah Herself received power to conceive even when she was past age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, a man as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having knowledge that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland, If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, that he who had received the promises that was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac, your offspring shall be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessing on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. By faith, The people crossed the Red Sea on dry land. But the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. All these though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. You ought to take in. Let's pray. Our God, we ask that you will make this passage clear to us and Speak to us from it. Give us your wisdom and understanding and new hearts and minds to receive it. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the passage I've just read to you comes actually, as astounding as it is, comes just before Hebrews chapter 12. Now, if you know anything about the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 12 sums things up and informs us that there's this great cloud of Old Testament witnesses. You, you heard some of them, you read some of them. They're just waiting for us to finish our course and to complete our part in God's plan before all of us together experience the consummation of this age and a new heavens and a new earth at the marriage supper of the Lamb that's all in view but there in Hebrews 11 is a In the midst of all of that review of of those people of faith of the Old Testament, we have a seldom noticed little verse, Uh, not not very well exposed, and I'd like to do something about that this morning. Look at verse 22. You got that? Verse 22. (laughs) By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Now, of course, everybody here knows that story, right? Remember the story? Well, maybe not. (sighs) The one about Abraham, the one about Sarah. The, the, what do you know about Joseph's bones? I confess that until the spring of 1982, when I was just having my devotions and reading through Hebrews, and, and I just stopped. Joseph gave instruction. Of, what are we talking about? It's not a familiar Sunday school lesson. It's not one that that makes the, uh, the top 10 of Bible stories. But on this communion Sunday morning that so uniquely coincides with the first day of a new year, I would like us to see some similarities between what went on with the instructions about those old bones of Joseph and what we will do in a few minutes as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Tall order? Let's see how it goes. Let's get the biblical information about Joseph's bones out. You remember Joseph, the... 11th son of Jacob. His mother was Rachel, uh, the, the, the most loved of the, of the mothers of the 12 tribes of Israel, of, of, of uh, Jacob. He, he Jacob, Joseph was the favored one. Uh, maybe you remember the Joseph's coat of many colors. You know, it was probably more like a coat of many skins of, of animals, but it it looked different and was was a, a radical thing Joseph was a dreamer Joseph was a almost a prophet God God spoke to him God had special inroads in his life and he drove his brothers crazy and finally when Joseph was 17 his brothers had had enough saw a caravan passing to Egypt, tied him up and sold him into slavery to get rid of him, and then told their father that he had been killed by animals.
1: But Joseph,
0: down there in Egypt, shows great character, even though he's been dealt with so treacherously, and now he's a slave of a uh, one of the Egyptian officials and, and when in the household caring for, for things uh, the, the wife of Potiphar the, the master of the house tries to seduce him he says how can I do this thing against my God that's how, how driven Jacob was to know love is God, and at just the right time, Jacob, the dreamer, the interpreter of dreams, is is, is made uh, elevated and and finds Pharaoh's favor to interpret dreams and and reveals that there's going to be a terrible famine in the land of Egypt and in that whole region of the Middle East and so Joseph is put in charge of the whole thing He's, he's the big man in Egypt and saves the country and saves his own family who come and ask for for help and food and that's the beginning of the story, but what really <clears throat> takes us now where we where we need to go with the story is to the to what happens next. Everyone everyone's fine and happy, happy and fat in, in Egypt, and then comes the very last chapter, as as Joseph and his brothers are reconciled and. And life is going on. And the very last verses, Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 through 26. Listen, Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely take care of you and you shall carry my bones up from here. So Joseph died at the age of 110 years and was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. So ends Genesis chapter 50, the last chapter of the the book of Genesis. That's where Joseph's bones and those instructions begin. Those bones are to be taken to the promised land. But Joseph's body is laid in a coffin, and then the book of Exodus begins with the words, a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, behold, the, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us, Let, lest they multiply and war break out, and they.'" Join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Let us set taskmasters over them to afflict them. And that's where things really get dicey. You'll recall, you're using your your Sunday school. Can you remember all these stories? They're coming, coming back, you know. God raises up Moses to deliver his people and take them back to the promised land and and through the early chapters of Exodus there are the plagues where, where Moses goes and says God t- says to you let my people go and Pharaoh says by no means and so a plague after another after another and finally the plague of the, the death angel and the passing over of the sons of Israel by the instructions given to them in observing the Passover. And <clears throat> finally, the the Egyptians are so terrified and so furious with the Israelites that they drive them out of the land of Egypt. And there as they as they go and, and uh, prepare to to cross the Red Sea. Um, We come to Exodus chapter 13, verse 19. Here, Here are all the people just escaping, gathering things and going. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely take care of you and you shall carry my bones from here. Joseph finally leaves Egypt. In all those years, some hadn't forgotten All those years of slavery and oppression. Some kept the bones of Joseph. We'll wonder why in a few minutes. Then came the faithlessness of that generation that went out of Egypt. And 40 years of wandering in the desert. And 30 more years of conquest of the land of Canaan that God had given them. Then we come to a moving picture at the last chapter of the book of Joshua. Picture the whole generation which knew nothing of Egypt, never lived there, couldn't, couldn't remember anything, They had no had no knowledge of that. They're, they're the ones that are now growing old. They're the ones that are, have been the The the, the soldiers and the conquerors and the sufferers in in the desert. A whole generation that knew nothing of Egypt but much of tents and togetherness and conquest coming to a moving moment where the job is finished and they are for the first time in their lives ready to go home. Home. They've been living in tents in the desert, and they're ready to go home. And Joshua speaks to them one last time before he dies. Says, "If it is disagreeable for you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house," we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, verses 15 and 16. And the people answered and said, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. But there's one last thing that the book of Joshua records. Right at the end, the last thing that gets done now, they buried the bones of Joseph, which the sons of Israel brought up from Egypt at Shechem, in the piece of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor. Joseph is finally home. I'd like you to think about the example of Joseph's bones. Really more the example of the instructions of Joseph to to his brothers and what they meant. Joseph's bones and those instructions were a declaration of faith, One not they? Think of it. Jacob hadn't lived in the land of Canaan, the promised land, since he was 17. And we're probably talking a good 90 years or so that he had. This was not home. Egypt was home. And burial was important to the Egyptians. Joseph, Joseph, Joseph had pretty well... Become culturally Egyptian and in certain ways you you can call the the pyramids and why they were built as the the honoring of of the the pharaohs and, and all of that don't mistake the fact that we know about that and the fact that that was going on because this was a man who could have qualified to be one of those very honored people. But Joseph wouldn't see his grave because he had faith. Joseph would would be buried somewhere else so that he who was honored in Egypt was put in a box for storage and safekeeping. That's what he did. That's what he made his brothers do. God was going to allow his burial in the promised land. He really believed. And those those bones that were now, and and did, did you notice that Jacob had a, uh, Joseph had a long view of this. Joseph gave instructions about his bones, not his body. He knew it was going to take a long time. He knew his body would be reduced to his skeletal remains. That's, that's what was going on here. And Joseph used his dead body to remind God's covenant people that their God had promised to return them to the land. Can can you imagine the house in Egypt where Joseph's bones were stored like, say, 200 years after the event occurred? Hey, Dad, what's that box over in the corner? <laughs> well, you see, some. those are the bones of your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Joseph. He was a great man in Egypt, but he believed the God of the covenant has said that we will have a promised land and he told us that we are to take his bones with us when God brings us out here and takes us there and to bury his bones you see how it works? that's what was going on here and you can imagine in in the desert wanderings Your turn to pick up the bones. Move the box. Let's go. We're moving camp. Hey, Mom. Why do we have to carry this box? Well, you see, sweetheart, your wonderful relative, Joseph, told us that we're on a journey. Not complete yet, but we're going to bury him in God's promised land. Mm -hmm. And because Joseph is a type of Christ, many of the things he did also have a deeper meaning within the history of salvation. Here we have an example of Joseph, the man of faith, Standing in a gap of time in the history of redemption. Between slavery and Egypt, the possession of a promised land. Reminding the sons of Israel about their exodus. He knew it would be hard for them to remember God's promise. They had forgotten many times before. And so acting on his faith, he left a message that could not be ignored. Look for the Exodus and bury my bones then. So we come to the Lord's Supper. And we think in similar terms. As Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, just before he was to go to the cross to bear our sins in his body on that tree, Jesus gave us bread and wine to stand in a gap in the history of redemption between the cross and paradise. Don't miss it. Do this, says Jesus, in remembrance of me. Remember? Jesus knew it would be easy to forget it would be easy to slack off and just to do the minimal amount required. Those Israelites could not forget the other people who are displaced and erased. The supper pictures, the cross, in our minds, the central... Focus of human history and says to us, "Remember the blessings to come." The Lord's Supper portrays Jesus crucified for us. My sins, I eat and identify with. You see, no man could walk away from Joseph's bones unmoved, untouched. They had to deal with it. Joseph said something, and that's, that's his box of skeletal remains that we like to take and do something with. Think again of the supper as a declaration of faith. remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup but you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes I remember a long time ago I shocked my congregation with a With starting a communion message, saying, I will be glad when we are finished with the Lord's Supper. I had to unpack that afterwards. Until he comes. As certain as Joseph was that his bones would be buried in the promised land, so certain are we of the power of Christ's death and resurrection as the complete payment for all of the sins we have or will ever commit. Both now and in eternity, they are sufficient. You declare your faith bodily and clearly every time you eat and drink. That's why Paul talked about the danger of eating and drinking unworthily. And there's this this strange adage, he who thinks himself worthy is unworthy and he who thinks himself unworthy is worthy. That's how it works. No one who carried the bones of Jesus was doing of Joseph was doing it just to be nice. They did that as a responsibility. They did that as a task, as a chore. Sometimes the Lord's Supper can be like that. Sometimes you don't want to deal with it. Sometimes you'd rather stay home. Sometimes you just have to say, not now. As you take it into your body, you pick up and carry Joseph's bones. Sometimes it's a burden. As you show the importance to others, you show Joseph was showing to all of Israel. Hey, Dad, how come a lot of times when you take the Lord's Supper, I see tears in your eyes. Well, you see some. I remember Jesus and what he's done. How sinful I am. See how it works? Hey, Mom, could we, like, use soda and pretzels? And could I have some? Well, see, sweetheart, these are the things that Jesus gave us to to remind us all the time about what he did much he loves us you see we are now in joseph's place we are the man of faith standing in the gap of time in the history of redemption reminding the church of the next generation and perhaps the one after that reminding them to look to the exodus Look for the coming of Jesus. Remember Jesus' words in Matthew I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. There's coming that day, and this reminds us of it until he comes. So, as we walk through the days of this coming year, may I suggest that you think of the message of faith left by your brother Joseph and the message of faith left by your Savior Jesus and purpose that you too will send such messages far into the future so that your children's children's children will remember to look for the exodus. Grant our God that we take these words and burn them into our memories and understand the pictures that you have provided to live lives well before you. We'll pray in Jesus' name.